This is Dr. James Crosby, Head of Sustainability at Advantage Utilities. I'd like to ask, could your organisation be more of an energy sector hero? Are you interested in improving your sustainability as a business? Well, now you can obtain the expert view and guidance on renewable energy solutions, on-site generation, carbon accounting, and sophisticated grid energy purchasing options through Advantage Utilities. Our team of experts use the latest tools to better analyse, track and reduce your organisation's energy usage and carbon emissions. To find out how Advantage Utilities can become your one-stop shop for all your energy and sustainability needs, please visit www.advantageutilities.com or give one of our passionate and friendly team a call on 0208-131-4747. Hi there, and welcome back to the Energy Sector Heroes podcast. My name is Michelle Fraser, and every week I will speak with incredible people who share their lessons, experiences, and stories from their time spent in the energy sector. Hi there, and welcome back to the Energy Sector Heroes podcast. My name is Michelle Fraser, and every week I will speak with incredible people who share their lessons, experiences, and stories of their time spent in the energy sector. My guest today is David Rogers. David is an incredible CEO of Aberdeen Renewable Energy Group and an experienced communication advisor. David, would you like to introduce yourself, please? Good morning, Michelle. Um, nice to be here today and uh, nice to hopefully share some thoughts just in terms of the energy industry and particularly the sort of energy transition and renewable energy opportunities that lie ahead. How did you get started in the energy sector? Well, I, I was a, a fairly young civil servant, I joined the civil service at, at 18, having done some uh, computer courses uh, at the Aberdeen Commercial College. And so I I thought I would try the civil service uh, for a year or two and see how I got on and see what I thought of the work. But I actually ended up being a civil servant for about 22 years. And most of that was involved with the the energy industry. I went through employment service uh, through to the health and safety executive, which was all about the oil and gas safety regime after the Piper Alpha tragedy. And from there, I went to department for trade and industry and uh, ended up writing speeches and writing briefings for ministers, etc. But that really was my sort of grounding in the energy industry from about 1997. I joined that particular department and worked with a mixture of oil and gas and renewable energy themes before I first joined Aberdeen Renewable Energy Group back in 2005. So I've had a previous spell with the group as the comms manager. And I've just been, you know, lucky to be involved with some of the important projects around Aberdeen City and Aberdeen Shire, the Aberdeen offshore wind farm and the Clash and Darragh onshore wind farm I was involved with. And uh, so just, you know, the, the renewable scene is a, a great place to, to work in. There are some great opportunities there with some of these uh, both wind energy, but also the other technologies that are coming like hydrogen and all the sort of broader societal transition uh, pieces that are coming involving transportation and you know, how we heat and power our homes. So it's uh, generally quite an exciting space. Yeah, it sounds really exciting. Did you have any role models during your career and why did you find them inspirational? 
Goodness, well, it's interesting. You know, you have role models that are family members and uh, friends, I think, who who are very encouraging and, you know, hopefully help you to to evaluate decisions because the career is very much a, a journey of making decisions and being able to hopefully go for the, the types of, of jobs and the types of projects that you'd like to be involved with. From a communications perspective, my late grandfather was actually quite a, a mentor in terms of the communication side. He had a great line, which was that every speech had a three important things, a beginning, a middle and an end, but most importantly, an end. And that stayed with me for, for many, many years uh, in the world of writing speeches and going in front of radio and television cameras to try and be as succinct as possible, which is never never easy, but um, it's a good bit of advice there just to sort of, you know, think about communications and getting the message out. But through my various jobs in the civil service and also in private industry, there have been so many people, it's hard to give particular examples, but, you know, I always encourage people to to listen and to speak to people in that sort of working and project environment and to to sort of understand, you know, where different people are coming from. I think when you go through big projects, you understand that different people have a different viewpoint on, you know, what, what's going on. And yeah, with renewables, you know, there's obviously an environmental element as well, and it does cause a great debate just in terms of, you know, how different projects are sort of coming through and what the environmental impact might be. So, yeah, I think for people going through their early careers, you know, to take the chance to speak to people, take the chance to learn from the experience of others. I think that, you know, having a conversation and a mentor to help you in the early part of your career is is really helpful. It can steer you in the right direction. That's excellent advice. Thank you. What is your most challenging thing about your current role and how do you handle it? Um, it's, it's a good question. I think the role that I find myself in and the activity and the number of companies and ambitions uh, around energy transition and renewables, it's actually the speed of growth. For example, our own group here at AREG has grown from about 190 organisations to 270 organisations in the last uh, 12 months. And that underlines the the interest and the ambitions around uh, low carbon, the energy transition, and you know people wanting to find business within perhaps renewable energy or hydrogen-related projects. So it's actually the speed of growth that is the biggest challenge. And all I can say is to sort of counteract that is I have a sort of great teams around me as far as support from the likes of the big partnership from a company in Aberdeen called Mearns and Gill. You know, we just ran a, a recent event there in Aberdeen at the Press and Journal Live. And that couldn't have happened without uh, people working together, collaborating and the sort of teamwork piece. So you've got to counteract that kind of very fast growing space with uh, good people around you and, you know, people sort of really dedicated to delivering opportunities for North of Scotland on, on this whole energy transition space. Okay, excellent. How does your current role compare to your aspirations as a young boy? That's that's another good question. It's, uh, it's strange. I think when you're younger, you perhaps look at the world a little bit differently. And, you know, I was a, a child of the, the sort of 1970s and 80s, kind of coming through the sort of microcomputer revolution. And there was a lot of technology flying about in the 70s and 80s that sort of influenced people a little bit. So, I mean, I, I, I originally thought I was going to be computer programmer. My initial college courses were around uh, programming uh, computers. 
And I, I think that um, if you asked me back then, I would possibly have said I would end up with a career in computing. So to have ended up with a career that has been mostly around communications and working with big projects, I would probably have been a little bit surprised if you if you put that to the 18-year-old version of me. But I think what that does is it, it talks to the fact that, you know, careers are not uh, linear. You you have roles that you really enjoy, you have some that are not so good, and you know where you end up is a consequence of a mixture of determination, luck, and effort. And um, but back to that point about speaking to people, you know, I wouldn't have ended up in the current role that I have without sort of advice and good counselling from colleagues and friends, etc. So, you know, that speaking to people bit is really important. Just to underline that. Excellent. Is there anything you still want to achieve in your career? That's a really good question. I've probably got a few more years left in me yet. I'd like to think that, you know, when I do eventually retire, I sort of can look back on some of the things I've been in, involved with. You know, the Aberdeen Offshore Wind Farm, the Clash and Dark Onshore Wind Farm, and this recent Energy Futures event that I have been involved with, uh, along with some work with uh, the Aberdeen University and Strathclyde University eco-marathon teams. I look back already quite fondly with of the involvement of all of these things, but I guess as I head towards, you know, reasonably close to sort of retirement age, I think it would be great to have hopefully been seen to have been helpful in putting Aberdeen and the northeast of Scotland are really on the map in terms of energy transition and renewables. There's a, a huge imperative for not just our part of the world, but other nations to take actions and create technologies and projects that actually will help to abate climate change, because that's a, a, a clear and present danger for all of us. Thank you. In your opinion, what makes an, outs- an outstanding hire if you were going to hire someone? Goodness, I, I think it's a, that combination of being able to to listen, to learn, somebody that's prepared to sort of reflect on the way they do things and to take advice if they've been giving a, a advice, maybe just to adapt their approach to certain things. So it's a combination of attention, listening and flexibility to be able to become part of the team and to demonstrate the right sort of attitude and behaviours. It's uh, very easy to say that, but um, fortunately, there's a lot of really great people out there. And uh, I would encourage anybody who's thinking about a career in renewable energy to become part of the, the teams taking these projects forward. And there are different ways to find out about it as far as uh, websites with sort of recruitment around some of the major projects that are going to happen in the north over the next five to ten years so encourage people to look at offshore wind to look at hydrogen and also to look at transportation and heating because there are societal technologies that are coming that will create job opportunities as well as we seek to get engineers and installation uh, technicians active in bringing in some of these new low carbon technologies. I just wondered off the back of that question what advice would you give anybody who wanted to transfer from the oil industry to the renewables what advice would you give them on how to do that well i think the first thing is this and i've worked in oil and gas so the the skill sets within the oil and gas industry are going to be extremely complementary to uh, renewable energy and new technologies so there's a lot of activity to try and this is the north sea transition deal is going to really try and encourage that transfer of skills from oil and gas 
into the, the new energy industries over the next sort of five, 10, 15 years. So there's plenty of uh, activity to make sure that that transition will, will work. And I think that, you know, from an advising people perspective, I think it's just to kind of keep your eyes open in terms of training and any kind of extra qualifications that may be helpful uh, along the way. But a lot of the engineering skills and the project management skills and, you know, the sort of range of activities that people have had over the last goodness 50 years of North Sea Island Gas, they're going to be extremely helpful to the north of Scotland in terms of winning through the energy transition and you know, giving uh, Scotland a chance of uh, being a net zero nation by 2045. Excellent. Thank you. It's excellent advice. Have you had any incurred disasters and how have you handled them? That's a good question, Michelle. I've been pretty fortunate not to have any major disasters, although, of course, that's always uh, open to interpretation by other people. But what I would say is in some of my early days as a civil servant, I once or twice had ministers on boats to go out and view wind farms. And uh, I did have one moment where, I won't name names, but I nearly lost an energy minister over the side of a boat because of a swell uh, down off the coast of Great Yarmouth. But Luckily, didn't happen, but um, that would have been an interesting moment for me as a civil servant, I think, with the minister going over the side of the boat. But there we go. N- nothing major to report. Okay. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What is your zone genius? What are you most excellent at? So, so, sorry, I missed that first bit, Michelle. What is my... Zone genius. Uh, that's a, another question that may be answered better by other people, Michelle, but I, I hope that I'm seen to be... a patient and kind individual when it comes to to working world i uh, i've always tried to be fair in my work and to you know to to, to say things uh, if i felt they weren't right and to try and tackle things uh, head on but yeah i think we're all our own biggest critics when it comes to to the, that sort of evaluation and yeah i think uh, i'll leave it to others in terms of the final analysis i agree i think we are our own critics actually what does your average week look like? Um, that's uh, an interesting one. I, I think I'd be right in saying I really don't have an, an average week. Um, I spend some time in front of my computer drafting documents and putting sort of plans together. But a lot of the time I'm sort of out and about either meeting uh, new or prospective members of Aberdeen Renewable Energy Group. I do quite a bit of talking as well, which means I go to sort of schools, colleges, universities and some industry gatherings to to make presentations and talks. And so it means that I, I can have quite a varied week at times, occasionally be down in Glasgow and Edinburgh. So there's a bit of travel involved in the, the job and up to Inverness as well and Dundee, et cetera. But there's probably not such a thing as an average week for me. There's plenty of variety, which is really good if you get variety in your job then i think you you enjoy it that bit more what is the most enjoyable thing that you find in your job the thing for me is people i i really enjoy working with people and committed people enthusiastic people it, it makes you know being involved in uh, big projects or challenging work situations all, all the more sort of doable so no I, I really enjoy meeting people i particularly enjoyed the work with the younger generation which uh, you know can involve speaking to primary schools it can involve speaking to uh, secondary school uh, pupils as well and university students 
I really enjoy that because, you know, you, when you begin to look back, I think I've got now something like 36 years working uh, in Aberdeen and, uh, and other places. So it's just that ability to hopefully reflect things that maybe or maybe not be useful to folks as they start uh, on the first rung of their careers. Okay, excellent. Who do you depend upon in your working environment? I think from my own perspective, it, it's a variety of people. It's the, it's the close nearby colleagues here within Aberdeen Renewable Energy Group who are all very supportive, including the, the board of AREG. So, you know, it depends very much on the, the sort of close-knit team that we have here as a group. And then I mentioned earlier just some of the other supports we get from uh, other organisations, other companies to develop projects and and big events. So, you know, I I rely on actually a bit of a network of people to be able to to do the things we do to get the messages out on the important subjects that we believe we're working with. Thank you. I remember discussing before with you that you changed industries from or the oil and gas industry to the renewables. Why did you, what made you make the change? Yeah, that's a good question in that, you know, I've, I've actually gone back and forth a little bit. So I think it sort of underlines that the energy industry does change that you can have you can have a career that is oil and gas and renewables. You can go back to oil and gas, you can then come back to renewables. So, you know, I think that the the shape of careers and the shape of opportunities is going to to it has already changed, but it will change even more as we go deeper into this energy transition. So you will see that people do take maybe more sort of shorter term roles uh, covering uh, some of the more traditional oil and gas uh, activity, and uh, you know that will put them in very good shape for work within renewables as well. So so for me, it's probably been the kind of Aberdeen factor because Aberdeen has had this sort of mix of oil and gas and now renewables because some of our projects in Aberdeen and North East Scotland are getting on for 15, 20 years old in terms of, you know, if you think of the Glens of Fanland Wind Farm, that's coming up to nearly 20 years old. So there's just this sort of real mix and the region, I think, is really wanting to put itself at the forefront of transition. So it will become, hopefully over the years, just as well known for oil and gas as it will be for energy transition and renewables. Thank you. On a weekly basis, how do you handle your workload? Because you must be really busy all the time being the CEO. Um, Yeah, it can be really busy, kind of fairly crazy uh, deadlines and schedules at times. Um, I think I have always been a great adopter of the technology in terms of electronic notes. I am a serial user of Microsoft Notes, which I use to do my sort of weekly plan and any kind of notes that I want to capture around projects or activities. So, uh, yeah, I think if you can use technology to, to help and to take away some of the heavy lifting, as it were, for a busy, busy job, I would encourage people to to look at that. You know, we've got lots of technology these days in terms of IT and next generation technologies. And I think the working world will see even more innovation on, on this side. Some of the tools and stuff, I've, you know, I've been using some note-based technologies for years, all the way back to pilot devices, which a former colleague of mine introduced me to in the civil service. 
And um, after that, I just always wanted to have a little bit of an electronic capture of the week ahead and who I was meeting and, you know, getting back to the communications piece, you know, what do you want to achieve in the, the, the week ahead and the people that you're seeing? What are the key messages and what are the key activities that you want to discuss and progress? So, yeah, technology every time for me. Thank you. What is it like to be a CEO? It must be tough being a CEO compared to maybe, maybe being like like an engineer or you must have a lot more responsibilities. It must be quite stressful, I would think. Well, you, you know, I'm, I'm really pleased to say that, you know, I, I personally uh, am just so committed to the, the renewables world and the, the opportunities that are ahead within that. I, I try not to get too embroiled in, in stress and to have plenty of hobbies and releases that, you know, I I can find uh, my way through these sort of busy spells. But no, the, the important thing is, you know, I'm, I'm working for a, a not-for-profit association with about 270 organisations. And it's it's great to be able to get involved with the people, to see the activities that they're doing. So I'm always sort of, you know, inspired by what's out there in the north of Scotland and just the achievements on energy over the years. So, you know, my, my, my role and my job is really just about trying to, as much as possible, be aware of what's going on and trying to get the, the right people together so that, you know, there are discussions on projects and opportunities and hopefully job job creation because at the end of the day we want to see some new careers take off here in the north of Scotland on the back of energy transition. Thank you. It's an excellent answer. I have one final question. Either if you could turn back time, what would you change? Or if you could turn back time, is there any piece of advice you would give yourself? Oh, that, that's a really interesting one. We talked earlier about the a sort of 18-year-old, younger uh, version of myself. If I could send a message back there, I would probably tell myself to be, you know, more more confident, to to maybe take some more chances just in the early part of my career, to be to be bold, to 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 speak up a little bit more, you know, in the working life. You will all uh, encounter moments where you feel that you need to speak up, whether it's around something that's happened between people or something that's happened within a project or, or, or a business activity. And yeah, I think if you get the confidence to speak and to make sure that your voice is heard, it, it really puts you in a good position for uh, you know future career steps. Okay. Over the back of your final question, you did mention that you find it was important to be able to speak up and take more risks with communication in your early career to really push yourself forward. Do you find it hard to do that as a male? Because I know as myself, I find it not really difficult, but you could get lost in a big meeting with all the other engineers. Do you find it, is it still quite hard for a guy to be seen and heard? You know, it's it, it's a really interesting period of time, you know, that, that there are, I think there have been in recent years, a lot of positive initiatives to try and, you know, create that sort of better space for diversity and inclusion to get the sort of gender balance piece uh, addressed within not just oil and gas, but, but sort of broader business and industry. There's clearly been a lot of work needed on that side to create a sort of fairer platform for people to, first of all, get into careers and then to progress. 
I think we've got the backdrop of the internet and the social media piece over the last 10 years, which in some ways has created a sort of polarization of views. So you get lots of views in, you know, quite strong views in one direction and then similarly strong views in an opposite direction. So I, th I think generally because of uh, social media, that sort of middle ground that we perhaps would have uh, maybe occupied more in a sort of face-to-face -face basis in, in years gone by. I think that middle ground area is sort of quite challenged. And so it's not it's not always uh, straightforward, even with, you know, the technologies in our uh, pockets and our jackets to communicate. Getting the balance right, I think, is still, still a challenge. And I think we'll see some interesting moves in that sphere over the next few years, maybe just to try and address some of that uh, polarization. Excellent. Well, that's all the questions I have today. I would like to thank David for your time. That brings us to the end of another episode. Thank you for listening and see you next week. That brings us to the end of another episode. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, I'd like to gently encourage you to leave a five-star rating wherever you listen to podcasts and share the show with another person. You can also follow me on LinkedIn or via my website, www.michellefraserconsultancy.com. Thanks again for listening and see you next week.